0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and remind ourselves that we're on the right path, that God is guiding us, that he's there with us all the time, that he knows our end, our beginning, and every step in between, that we can trust him because he loves us. It's not because we've accomplished something or will accomplish something in the future. It's because he loves us now. And he is dedicated and devoted to bringing you healing and health and oneness spirit, soul, and body. He is committed, his purpose for you is that you would become one. And God gets what he wants. We've been talking about why we refer so often, you know, based on what Paul says in the scriptures in a lot of ways, why we use the the term warfare to describe our Christian walk and we've been going through some of those steps I'm going to start with pick up we'd already talked we talked a couple of weeks ago about numbers <clears throat> excuse me 6 and 7 we're going to move forward from there just to remind you 6 is learning to experience and thrive through both losses and victories and number 7 is gaining and losing ground measurable results we Part of why we do this is because we want to look at our Christian walk, our daily experience of living as a Christian, as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. We want to look at things objectively, not from a, an emotional perspective, nor merely from a, an analytical one, but observationally when we talk about how we're doing, you know, um, we, we hear about, I just knew I was in the center of God's will. Well, of course you are. That's up to God. And what we really say is, what we really mean when we say something like that is, first, we want to know what God's will is. And second, we want an explanation for why things aren't going perfect. Why things are hard? Why are bad things happening? Because if we can just say, well, I'm out of God's will, then if he shows us our will and we change, then everything will be going fine. So those are misconceptions about what God wants for us. And we've talked so often about how we learn more from our mistakes than by doing things right the first time. In fact, we are... Previous homework assignment was to look back at decisions you've made. Does God have anything he wants to say to you about what you believed at that time? Because a lot of times the things that God allows to happen in our lives or determines to happen is to reveal very often a lie that we are believing is truth. You know, we all have wounds. We all have things in our, uh, hindrances, and stumbling blocks in our lives to overcome. We all do. But those, those stumbling blocks in our lives are for a reason. Those, over, you know, we're overcomers. Well, what if we had nothing to overcome? And in a sense, that was where Adam and Eve were. They had nothing to overcome. Adam and Eve were not overcomers. So I think that's a, a second thing that, that differentiates, you know, our existence as Christians, as re, being re That's another way we're different from Adam and Eve. So that A, we, we are developing gratitude and appreciation for God himself. But also we are learning... Not only how to overcome, but have an appreciation for overcoming, having that sense of satisfaction within ourselves. Adam and Eve never had to struggle to work things out they had all the faith they needed they had you know all their abilities were working they could do miracles they could do but none of that was needed they didn't value truth because they would never been exposed to a lie but you and I were exposed to a lie all the time Adam and Eve had never been wounded and that did not that did not serve God's purpose. He had higher expectations. He had a bigger plan than just to create uh, a race of people here on this earth that never had any challenges, never grew, never could never experience their true nature. And there's something about our true spirit nature that will only come out as we go through the process that god has set for each one of us so that's that was the homework then let's go to number eight and this is kind of um there's pros and cons to this one number eight is rarely is warfare truly solitary You may never know who else is involved in any particular battle, who you may be fighting against, who you may be fighting alongside. For instance, other people, other people in other countries, other time zones, other eons, other planets, other realms, supernatural beings. We are still so blinded that we really cannot say, I understand what the battle is. I understand what the battlefield is. But we can be confident, and this is going to be a stretch for some people, that when God calls you into the battle, when he sends you into the battle, you're not alone. In fact, you're never alone. we're all one. If you are in Christ, if you've been born again, you've been re-spirited, and that spirit that is now providing life to your soul and your body, that spirit is connected to every other spirit that has ever existed in God. And we could take it one step further, that Because God created time, he is above time. And therefore, spirit is above time. So all that spirit's being connected is above time. So you and I are connected to every spirit that has ever lived. And if you, like I, believe in the redemption of all, the reconciliation of all things, that means every person who has ever existed is one with god now now whatever that means now being the eternal now not the next minute next hour next next day time scope that's that's a lower realm of reality time is is fungible it's changeable it's flexible it's bendable time is not reliable it is not a constant, but God is. And over different experiences, different realms, different eons, God is going to restore the relationship between himself and every human being, spirit, soul, and body that he has ever created, that he's ever crafted, so that we will all be one in him, which means you are connected with every creature that he's ever created. Now, I don't know how we connect by soul, but I know we connect by spirit. And I think we still have such a long way to go to understand the concept of, of how the supernatural realm works in practicality. That we have to have some level experience, I think, before we can begin to really grasp the spirit realm with, can we say, with our eyes open, with our understanding open. Because right now we see through a glass darkly. That's for our benefit. I think, you know, using that term, it would blow our minds if we saw spirit, because So much, we're so impressed and overwhelmed with what goes on in the supernatural realm. And yet the supernatural realm compared to the spiritual realm, well, there's no comparison. Spirit is God. Spirit is a total different quality of life, eternal life. Now, I don't know that we have to achieve perfection. In our relationship in the supernatural realm, before God starts revealing and drawing us into spirit, into spirit understanding, and into spirit perception, and into spirit change, and maybe that's what Paul was talking about when he said he saw into the third heaven. We we try to fit these things into our understanding into something that makes sense for us. And that's fine. That's part of looking at things objectively. What we want to make sure we do is to not say, well, that's the only answer. I, I, you know, this, this concept makes sense to me, so that's the only thing that can be true. And I will never leave it. I will plant my flag that this is the revelation God gave me, and that's it. Well, we're, we all see in part, though, We all understand in part. And until we see fully from a spirit that is joined by soul and body, until that happens, we will be seeing and experiencing only in part. But God draws us and gives us the curiosity, gives us the desire to want more and to want to understand more and to know more. But I was also thinking, what is faith other than accept what God is showing us without understanding it? When we, when we look at who, the, God, the nature of God, that God is love, and he shows his love by giving himself, by giving, by expressing There's a lot of things that we could challenge that concept on is, you know, why do people suffer? Why is there evil in the world? You know, how come, you know, he doesn't fix everything? There's a lot of questions we have. But if we can also just accept, I don't understand everything now, but I can accept that God is love. Even if I don't feel it. Even if I don't feel that he lo- he loves me, for instance, I can still know, have faith, believe that he loves me, and then act accordingly. Take the next step on that pathway accordingly, even without understanding. I lo- still like the illustration: is we're walking along a pathway, and we may not even you know it's dark. And we don't have anything to light the pathway, but God says, no, I want want you to come walk the pathway in the middle of the night with me. No stars, no no light to mark our pathway. Just trusting that we lift our foot, and as our foot comes back down to make the next step, that he guides our foot to land exactly where he wants it. We don't understand where we're going. We don't see where we're going. But we trust there's there's a mechanism in place within us because we are a spirit being. This is the way, walk in it. And as we as we do our part and lift our foot, as we start to put it down, God guides where our foot lands. And then we do it again and again and again and again. And we may not ever gain understanding of how we walked, shall we say, through the valley of the shadow of death. But we can then look back and go, we we made it through that dark night. Even though we don't understand how he did it or what he gained, that's not for us. Sometimes he does tell us, this is why you went through this. But a lot of times he doesn't. And he's not obligated to And I think that's part of our frustration. A lot of people think they've, you know, missed God or out of his will or have backslid or they reject God because they don't have understanding. And that's part of what, part of the downfall of our Christian structure, our religious structure, that if you go to the right church, And you go to the right Bible study. And if you do the right things. You'll know God. You'll understand God. You'll. Be in his will. And that's just not true. Because God's ways. Are not our ways. He does things the way he wants them. To be done. And we can't take a template of how he's even worked in our own past lives, how he did things five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen, and how he does things today can be totally different. And there might not even be a reason for it, other than this is what he chooses for us. He's the God. But so in this walkway, in this in this walk of, of when we come into uh, opportunities of so-called warfare, where we understand that there's something that we are attempting to overcome or that's attempting to overcome us. And we use these illustrations of battle and that there's something at at stake, there's something important at stake, that we can get hurt, others can get hurt, but that it's important, all these different other steps we've talked about. About warfare and then when we talk about that we're that rarely is warfare truly solitary we we most often think we're the only one fighting this fight or you know if I really got serious about you know being available to God and you know being the mediator between heaven and, and earth or however you want to think about you know overcoming strongholds whatever you th- think about, okay, this is the role of the church uh, in the the world today, Uh, and I can do this if I just really put my mind to it, you're never alone doing that, even if it's not somebody you'll ever know about, even if it's not another human being, another person, could be, again, another supernatural being, it might not even be on this planet, or eon, or time zone, or earth zone, but you're never alone because you're in him. God is is special like that. He doesn't imbe- abandon his people. You know, uh, uh, Jesus himself he sent out his disciples two by two. Not just so they could keep each other on the straight and narrow, but so that they could learn from one another. And then when they came back, they'd have somebody to testify you know, we saw, you know, um, this happen and we raised the dead and we, we set the captive free and we we cast out demons. If it's one person saying that, they're going to go, oh, you're just full of it. But if there's two people, yeah, I saw this happen. Yeah, this is what happened over here and this is what happened over there. There's a witness, there's a testimony there. And this is where, as we learn about the supernatural realm, And we have experiences with the supernatural realm. And we have to fight our way into the supernatural realm. As that happens, we will learn from other people's testimony and add our testimony to theirs as well. But instead of God sending out two by two like Jesus did, God's sending us all out. Not to evangelize, not to... Uh, you know, minister a, a certain word, or even to convince people that God is God, but for our benefit. You know, we go, we get so caught up in our own lives. This is part of, uh, again, part of this whole idea of warfare, that there's there's an enemy out there that needs to be defeated or defended against. So. Number nine is levels of authority and levels of power. And what that means is there's going to be um, different experiences of how your authority is expressed and its effectiveness as well as how your power is expressed and its effectiveness. And don't judge how you're doing by the results. You simply... You know, let's say you pray for somebody to be healed of cancer, and they're healed of cancer. And then the next time you pray the same prayer, you lay your hands on them and you anoint them with oil and you do whatever you think, you know, will get God to heal them or, you know, energize your own abilities to heal, and nothing happens. Your response is not, okay, what did I do wrong? It's, Lord, what are you teaching me? It's not, it's not about the receiver. If God wanted that person healed, they'd be healed. It doesn't have to be through you. They, can, they could have gotten healed coming in through the door of the church, for instance, or driving in, or at the stoplight on their way to work. That's not the, healing is not the issue. It's, are you hearing him? Are you enjoying a relationship with him? Because when it gets down to it, that's all we're talking about a relationship between your spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit's already got that relationship. Your soul wants it. Your soul craves that relationship. Then finally, number 10 is learning to take and give commands. Exercising your authority, exercising your power. Now, you and I, each one of us is different in temperament and the way our soul is put together and our experiences and how we face problem solving, how we, how we deal with people. We're all in a different place, which is both you know, terrifying and uh, exciting. That we're all in a different place. And yet God is teaching one of, each one of us singularly, specifically what we need. So we learn to take commands, you know, as we, as we approach the supernatural realm. I've, I've been thinking a lot about strongholds. You know, that's, we'll probably deal with that down the road, but strongholds, what are those? Are our, are our misconceptions our of strongholds, are they accurate? How did they come to be? How do we defeat them? Or can we set up strongholds? And when we think about what God gave to Adam and Eve, God gave Adam and Eve authority over this whole, over all creation, all the earth. That means you and I have authority and power over all the earth. And the strongholds that are of a big concern are the ones that affect the earth. Now strongholds can be natural or they can be supernatural. But the point being that do we really have an idea about what to do about them? You know, so often, at least in my experience, it was all about the leaders of a movement or a group or a church or a a ministry. It was the leaders were, were watchmen on the walls. You know, they had a place, they were the only ones who could stand in the gap and lead the people to say, this is what we need to do, this is how we need to pray. And yet I think what we're going to find out is that the strongholds are far far less strong than we think, mainly because we have dis- dis- misunderstood and discredited the power and authority that we ourselves have. You know, when Jesus said, you know, said to the storm on the sea, peace be still, and it was still. The, the storm calmed. The, sea, the storm stopped and the seas calmed. He knew who he was, and he knew the power and authority that he had. So he could control and take authority and express power over the natural realm. And that's where we start. That's where you and I start. But I think we're also have been, when we first came on earth, all of us have been, all of us are in the seed of Adam. We've inherited the authority the responsibility of the natural realm and the supernatural realm through Adam. When he gave us responsibility without authority can't exist. You can't have responsibility without authority. So when God gave Adam responsibility. He gave them, he gave him authority. And with authority is always power of some kind. So you and I have the authority and the power over strongholds in the natural realm and in the supernatural realm. Well, then how come the supernatural strongholds are so strong? how come they are so little understood and our ways to counter them and to bring them down are so limited are so i mean we ha- we don't seem to have gained a better understanding of the nature of strongholds in so many diff- so many generations so many hundreds of years of organized christianity of anything that's been passed down from Generation to generation. Now, I certainly understand that that's God's timing. But that also makes me curious. Is you and I, you and I, separately, have the power and authority to bring down any stronghold in the supernatural realm, let alone the natural realm. think god is protecting us right now from getting in over our heads but i think we also have to have an expectation of this is who we are god we are in christ we are co-inheritors and joint heirs we're in we're in the family and it's our responsibility to learn how to be how to live and move and have our being as christians as in god in christ here on this earth and i think that's going to have to that's going to cause us to change what we believe and we do so often well if somebody else will take care of that and we think well it, you know, in order for me to accomplish anything, I'm going to have to start a ministry or I'm going to have to raise money or I'm going to have to, you know, you fill in the blank. But any of us can, there are strongholds in your, in your life right now. There are strongholds in, your, in the supernatural realm, in your vicinity right now. And God has left them there for you to practice on. And he doesn't expect you to have any of the answers. That's the whole point. But he, this is how we learn to exercise authority, exercise our power, take and give commands. And you may not know what the battle is, but part of, our, part of the process is to learn to follow orders and to know our commander Hear God's voice, and and when He says jump, to to jump, and as we're jumping, say how high. But to also, we're going to make mistakes, and to not hold us hold it against ourselves, and just remember again, we learn more from our mistakes than doing things right the first time. So we'll be finishing up with the. Uh, why we call things warfare, because I really want to get to a whole different illustration that I think will make more sense to most of us. That, that the, the, Paul really used a lot of the warfare illustration because it was so much a part of, of life for that uh, culture. The military was, was constantly there and warfare was constantly in their face. So I want to go into something else that is also constantly there and constantly in our face in a little bit uh, more of a gentle gentle and calm way. So uh, if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to drop me a line at Diane at therainersclub.org or through uh, Blog Talk Radio. There's also a contact form on the website. We will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.